The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Close your eyes and pull like a dog. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. Before we kick things off, I'd just like to give a gentle reminder to our listeners and viewers to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with our friends at Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, where your bank really does matter. Choose the credit union, choose local, choose community. If the air was taken out of Cork's early season optimism balloon by the visit of me to Park Aquive last weekend, then it was reinflated on Sunday when John Cleary's side travelled to Newbridge to see off Kildare on a scoreline of 214 to seven points. The win sealed a crucial two points for the Rebels and they'll go into their third round game against Dublin in the park on February 19th with a real chance to make an impact on Division 2 of the league. On today's podcast, we'll be joined by 2010 All-Ireland winner Paul Kerrigan to chat about the opening two rounds of league games and that stellar away performance against the Lilywhites. The Lilywhites even. Some headlines from elsewhere in the West Cork Sporting Universe First, though, and Kieran, starting with the Cork ladies footballers who were beaten by Dublin at Porky Rin over the weekend in what looked to have been a real thriller of a game. The game finished 4.13 to 3.15 in favour of the Dubs. This was a bank holiday epic. If we wanted a, a football game or a sporting event to really kick off the first St. Bridget's Day bank holiday, we, we, we got it in Porky Rin on Monday. Um, a thriller of a game. Like you said, they're Dublin won. 413 to 315, but that doesn't tell the, the full story of, of this, this epic. At half time, Cork trailed, it was 4 8 to 10 points, so they were 10 points down. And there was almost a meltdown by, by Cork in the, the second 15 minutes of that first half, and they conceded four goals. So they, they, there they were, a young Cork team, as we've touched on, on this podcast in the last couple of weeks, um, a young Cork team, 10 points down against the Mighty Dubs. But they really started back into this game in the second half. Not only did they come back, Jack, they actually hit the front at one stage inside the inside the closing quarter. Unfortunately, Dublin came again. Carla Rowe got two late frees to just nudge them over the line. And it's um, Cork's first defeat in Division 1. They won the first game away to Mayo. They'd drawn away to Waterford in the second game. And now they've lost at home to, to Dublin. But I suppose looking at, at the bigger picture, this is a transitional phase for this Cork team. We had Orla Finn on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. She stepped back. Martino O'Brien has, has retired from inter-county football. Orla Farmer has retired. Emer Skelly has stepped back. On the, uh, Terry O'Sullivan isn't involved with the Cork footballers this year. And his woman has stepped back on her, of her own accord. So Cork have lost an awful lot of experience. And they don't have the likes of Kieran, Darren O'Sullivan and Roshan Phelan and back in just yet. So for them to run Dublin so close, it, it is encouraging. A lot of young players are... 
are getting the chance to make their mark. And, and if you're looking for, for bright spots, not only did Cork have that comeback and that shows great, great character to come back from 10 points down, but some of the young guns are, are, are finding their, 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 their feet as well, which is quite important. And Ema Kiley, I suppose you couldn't call her a young gun because she was there before. She's a Valley Rovers. She scored one three. And Katie Kirk got six, six points. Young Orla Cahillan uh, scored a goal. And then you have the, the stalwarts, the likes of the Libby Coppingers and, and the, the Hannah Loonies. And Libby kicked three points the last day and was really, really impressive. So a lot of plus points to take in Cork. They'll be obviously disappointed to lose the game. But this is all about building a panel for the championship. And a lot of Cork players are, are getting a run out. So I'm um, disappointed to lose the game. But there are a lot of plus points that Shane O'Neill will hope to build on for their next game in a couple of weeks' time. Absolutely, Kieran. In hurling then, the Pat Ryan era got up and running in spectacular fashion with Cork claiming a last-minute victory over All-Ireland champions Limerick at Park Aquive on Saturday evening. The Rebels fought back from an eight-point half-time deficit to open their Alliance Hurling League campaign with a one-point victory. Shane Kingston getting that last-minute winner. So, Kieran, we're talking about uh, encouraging signs for the Cork footballers in a few moments. We saw a decent performance from the ladies despite their loss, but this was an absolutely spectacular performance from the Cork Hurlers considering it's a new management setup and they were eight points down to the All-Ireland champions at halftime. That's exactly it. In some ways, it's similar to what happened to the Cork Ladies on Monday. Um, like the Cork Ladies were 10 points down at halftime. The Cork Hurlers were 8 points down. It was 16 points to 8. But the difference here was that the Cork Hurlers, <clears> not only did they come back, but they actually went on to win the game. And it's so important, um, especially for this Cork team, because like you said, Pat Ryan is a new manager. They wanted to probably put a stake in the ground and have a statement win to kick off their league campaign. And, and they got it. Okay, Limerick are... Uh, Limerick, the All-Ireland champions, they're the best team in the country. I don't think anyone's going to dispute that and they're going to do their own thing with the league. But I think for, for Cork, it's so important to get these wins under their belt because it, it builds momentum. Pat Ryan is trying to find his, his best 15. He's trying to build towards the championship and, and the games that really matter come come April and May. But but this was this was impressive. We had uh, the goals from Robbie O'Flynn, Robbie O'Flynn and, and, and Declan Dalton. And there was a lot of impressive um, impressive performances throughout None more so than Patrick Horgan. He's he just keeps going and going, Jack, doesn't he? Like there's no end in sight to this man. He got a got ten points the last day, five frees, one one forty five. He was named man of the match, um, but he was our Southern Star man of the match anyway in our in our um report in this week's paper. So big big win for Cork. Now they need to back it up. They're away to Galway in in Pierce Park on Sunday at two o'clock. I think there's deferred coverage on TG four. Another T.G. Cahar. T.G. Cahar. I always get that mixed up, don't I? T.G. Cahar. That's something left to stick in the mind. So they're, they're away to... It's it's the first coverage on T.G. Cahar on, on, on Sunday. So um, it'd be great to see Cork back up their win against Limerick and put a put back-to-back wins. Um, but regardless, an encouraging start because, like the Cork ladies, this Cork team showed character. And we'll talk about it with the Cork footballers in a couple of minutes. They showed character too. So I think there's that's positive signs for the campaign ahead. And nice to see Town's Luke Mead amongst the scorers as well. Finally, Kieran, before we talk to Paul Kerrigan, your latest last word column, which is available for everyone to read on southernstar.ie forward slash sport right now, tells the story of the West Cork influence on the current Cork City squad. 
So not only have West Cork athletes dominated rowing, athletics and rugby in recent years, it looks as though we may be facing into a golden generation for West Cork soccer. Now, I may be getting ahead of myself, but Kieran is here to tell us all about it. This was just a, a great occasion for West Cork soccer. So what this was, it was Monday a week ago. It was the Munster Senior Cup quarterfinal, Cork City against Castleview. And usually a, a game like this wouldn't hurt too many heads here in West Cork. But this game was different. When you saw the, the team sheet drop on, on Twitter, a couple of West Cork names there, you John O'Donovan, an 18-year-old from, from Artfield, and you Sam Bailey, a 16-year-old from Bellanine, both started. And then during the game, the Manway goalkeeper, Aaron Mannix, who's 18, came on, while Cora's Liam Murray, who's 17 years old, also came on. So at one point, we had four West Cork teenagers on the pitch at the same time for the Cork City senior team. And that's just a, a tremendous achievement for all those, those four young fellas, but also for, for their clubs and the West Cork School Boys and School Girls League, because that's where they all started. If you look at John O'Donovan, Started with Artfield. Lee Murray, he kicked it off with, with Skibbereen. Sam Bailey was Lyre Rovers and Aaron Mannix was Dunmanway Town. So they've all progressed up through the, the, the academy in Cork City and to see the four of them involved with the Cork City senior team. It's just, it's really encouraging for, for, for soccer in West Cork. And what it does, Jack, and it's it's, it's the same as the athletics with the Phil Healy's and the Darabak and Healy's and with the rugby with Kevin Coombs and Fadeel Mitchell, Mitchell in your brain and Laura Sheehan. What it does, it just shows young boys and girls here in, in West Cork playing in the, the school boys and school girls league that you can you can progress. There is a path from West Cork up to the Cork City senior team because we have to mention too, on that same weekend, Neve Cotter, she's a 16-year-old from Bandon. She made her debut for the Cork City women's senior team, which is an incredible achievement for her as well. And she's another one, another one to watch. And just as a, a bit of trivia, I... I there was a pre-season challenge game. The Cork City women were taken on the Wexford Utes and on the Wexford Utes team was a Timberley teenager or a DC who's actually Neve Cotter's cousin. So you two first cousins in opposition, but you two West Cork teenagers playing for, for um, the Cork City women's and the Wexford Utes team. So again, that just shows the, 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 the soccer talent here in West Cork. But like I was saying, um, it's just so encouraging for the for the young players in the school, school boys and school girls league here because they can see youngsters who've played in the same teams as them now playing for, for the likes of Cork City. And if you go back over the years, we've won Hurley from Skull, played for Cork City for a number of years before he, he moved to America with Conor Ellis with Cork City and he went to, to, to Limerick. Obviously, the big soccer story from West Cork is obviously Conor Horan, who's uh, across the water and he's doing his thing there, 30 odd caps for the Republic of Ireland. So um, the, the West Cork sports machine, it just keeps turning out the talent, Jack, and it's good news. Yeah, and don't forget as well, Denzel Fernandez, who's also managed to make a name for himself on the League of Ireland scene in recent years. Obviously, he's had some injury issues, but hopefully we'll see him back in action very soon as well. Kieran, this may be just a, a good chance for you to plug an upcoming feature in the Southern Star because we're talking about future West Cork sporting talents, but you're going to do a deep dive on future West Cork sporting talents in an upcoming edition of the paper. So what can you tell us about that before we switch our attention to our main feature this week? So this is a feature we've ran the last couple of years and it's getting bigger and better. And the reason it's getting bigger and better is because there is such a variety of young sports people across West Cork. Um, so we call this the next generation. So this will be in next week's Southern Star Sports section. It's an eight-page special on uh, where we profile 
the next generation of sporting talent in West Cork. And it's from bowling to motorsport, from soccer to rugby, from from rowing to athletics. We have them all in there. And it's some super talented young sports stars that were just that, that are worth keeping an eye on in the year ahead. We we ran the same feature like it's the last couple of years. And even from the 2022 feature, to see the success that some of them have gone on to achieve is, is absolutely incredible. And just as a teaser for next week, and it just to highlight the talent in West Cork at the moment, there's a young Batmascarty teenager called Millie Condon. She's a 17-year-old who goes to Sacred Heart Secondary School in Clannacilty. Last year, she was part of the, the Cork minor and football um, teams that won All-Ireland All-Ireland titles. So she won back, she, she's a dual star that won All-Ireland football and minor camogie titles last year. She also helped Sacred Heart win in All-Ireland last year. And just on Tuesday night, she was named the 2022 Munster LGFA Player of the Year. So that goes to show the talent that is coming up in West Cork. We've said goodbye to the likes of Martina O'Brien and Orla Finn from the Cork Senior Football Team in recent weeks. But there's a conveyor belt of talent. It's so strong coming up. The likes of Millie Condon are the next generation. And it's great to see them, see them doing their thing. So that's one definitely to keep an eye out for in next week's Southern Star. Lovely stuff, Kieran. Coming up next, we're talking to Paul Kerrigan. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Cork are back, Kieran. If we were all doom and gloom on last week's podcast, we're a fountain of positivity this week. I'm not going to keep the mic here for too long because we've got the brilliant Paul Kerrigan coming up very shortly. But before we hear from Paul here, maybe just give us some of your own thoughts on this performance up in Newbridge by John Cleary's Rebels. You say Cork are back, Jack, but did he ever go away? We have to ask ourselves that question. Did he ever go away? Was that last to me just luring the rest of the football world into this false sense of security? Um, but no, in, in all seriousness, superb result for Cork. 13 point winners away to Kildare in Newbridge. It was 214 to seven points. And why this was so impressive is Cork were coming off the back of that disappointed open round loss to Mead. And they conceded 314 against Mead that day. And we touched it in last week's podcast. It, it was disappointing because it was coming off the back of an impressive Grand Cup campaign. And we all wanted to see Cork build momentum and carry that momentum into the league. But at the first hurl, they stumbled. But it's a sign of a good team that they picked themselves up off the ground straight away. They dusted themselves down, hopped on the bus to Newbridge, spanked the locals by 13 points to get their Division 2 campaign back on track. And this is just the result that this Cork team needed because it just puts them back in the picture in in Division 2. This was a tough game, Jack. We can't get away from that. They were going to wait the Kildare team that had ran... And Dublin to just a point or two the previous weekend up in Croke Park. And they were favourites for this game as well. We can't forget that. So for Cork to go in and do what they did, get one six on the scoreboard before Kildare got that their first point in the 27th minute. Like that tells you all about the, the discipline of the organisation and the almost the tenacity and the character of, of this Cork performance. But as good as the first half was, they saw they finished the job in the second half, even when Kildare threatened to kind of almost find a way back into the game at the start of the second half. Cork held them off at arm's length and they saw, saw it home by 13 points, which is a, a tremendous win. Sets Cork up big time now. Dublin are next. Park and Cueve, February 19th, 3.45pm. The Dubs are coming out to Croke Park. They're coming down to side. That's going to be an occasion. Um, Dublin are after two wins so far. They're obviously favourites to win Division 2. I think there's 
are they second favourites for the All-Ireland or obviously in that conversation so this is a huge huge test for Cork but they're going to bounce into that game now off the back of, the, of an impressive win so if they can keep doing what they're doing we're not going to say Cork are going to win every game because we're realistic on this on, on this podcast and we know there's going to be ups and downs but if Cork can put in another good performance and who knows who knows what will happen on the day it'll just keep them keep keep them pushing forward but um, I started by chat with Paul Kerrigan I wanted to find out what he thought about Cork's bounce back ability and how they responded so well from that first league defeat to Mead Sunday was definitely a pleasant surprise I think most people who were in Cork and Cueve the Sunday before didn't see this win and its convincing manner coming, but we certainly take it, Paul. This was this was a, a result that the Cork footballers needed against Kildare. Yeah, I think um, I suppose it kind of showed the form that they had in McGrath Cup, kind of continued on, and I suppose the, out of their three McGrath Cup games and their two league games was the Mead game was the game that was probably the outlier where they didn't perform. So, uh, very impressive reaction from the lads. Um, a really tough place to go. I think I've played there once in the league. Didn't didn't win. Was beaten convincingly enough. It's, it is a tough place to go, um, and got a draw actually back there years ago. But as I said, a hard place to go. And their tails were probably up after competing with Dublin. So mm-hmm. huge character from the lads. In fairness, um, you know, <clears throat> and been lucky enough to come back on bus trips after satisfying away wins, and uh, like they really have enjoyed that. To get a good, such a good performance, a good reaction, and. Like a really big game to look forward to now in a couple of weeks' time. How important was it, Paul, that Cork responded so fast and so impressively from the Mead defeat the previous weekend? Um, I think it was really important from the group's point of view, I'd say more so than anyone. I think like we probably all have been a bit um, maybe a bit overhyped and really positive, over positive probably going into the start of the league, looking at the Red Cup and the good vibes coming out of the place. But um yeah, I think I think from the players' point of view and the management point of view, like they have probably an unbelievable body of work done uh, probably since the end of August, September. And, um, you know, if you came out of a two defeats in a row, um, you'd probably be questioning yourself and what you're doing in the direction you're going. And so um, I think they'll take great satisfaction and, and probably great um, heart from the performance, the result and the body of work you know, that they've, they've put into it. And um, they'll be just searching for consistency. You know, really, I suppose, you know, did a bad second half against Mead. A good good enough first half against Mead and, and two good halves now against Kildare, you know what I mean? So um again they'll want to carry that into the Dublin game and go on and win it. Like we we have a pretty good record at home um to the dubs, you know what I mean? Even when they were all conquering and, and we were division one kind of around 2014, 15. Um so look they'll they'll have a go off it. It's a really big game and um like one of my last couple of years we were in the or the the Super Eights against the dubs and the lads were really kind of or hyped to play them and test themselves against them. So they, they'll go on and, and really look forward to the game in a couple of weeks' time. I'll be honest, Paul, at the, the, the me game up in Parky Cueve, I was a bit concerned to see the Cork defence open up a couple of times in the in the first half and, and, and the second half. But what a turnaround we saw within within one week. Cork kept a clean sheet against Kildare, kept them to just seven points in total, having conceded 3-14 against Mead. What do you put a turnaround like that down to? Um, I just think I think maybe Kildare, from what I've heard and made and stuff like from the lads involved, like Kildare, I suppose ran it and ran it right into the car cover, um, as opposed to Mead who, who were looking for to kick um the early ball in, and I think maybe similar enough to the Kerry McGrath Cup game, Cork just turned them over, they hit a brick wall, turned them over, turned them over, broke at pace and then punished them. You know what I mean? So, um, but I'd say to be honest, which I'd say they were just probably a little bit more cohesive as a group. I think I thought you were there yourself. Like one kick pass and we were fairly open against Mead. 
and it just seemed like there was a bit more cohesion from the group um, and just I suppose maybe that bit between the teams as well you know what I mean to like it, it could have been coming out of kill there with two defeats uh, would have been a fairly daunting thing for the lads to be facing into the rest of the league so they might have felt there might have been a bit of a do or die there and um, I'd say they just kind of maybe that tight field in Newbridge kind of suited them a bit more and they tightened it up and look I suppose as well as very impressive Dan O'Mahony and Maura Shanley have played about nine games since January mm-hmm. and they, they, they're still going strong and that's a like that shows to their kind of fitness and the body of work that they've done and then positive signs as well like you had Luke Fahey with a massive game when he came on kicked the point and, and Tommy Walsh um, came in corner back and, and they weren't overall and they actually excelled so they're after finding two backs there now as well to, to compete which is which is another positive come out really. We were chatting there just before we started recording and I made the point that Cork seemed to have a kind of a, almost a settled squad and a settled team so far this year. Like we, we, We've had a lot of players who've played in all three McGrath Cup games and the two games so far. For, for Cork to have that that settled group, that's so important. We think back to last year, Paul, and the injuries that riddled this Cork team. It, it was cruel at time. It was so many Cork players were so unlucky with touch wood. Yeah, I think yeah. The, the first... Yeah, sorry. I think the first the first McGrath Cup lineup, you knew they wanted to hit the ground running. Like you know what I mean? They meant business. Like, and that lineup has continued nearly the whole way through. Um, like, I'd say John John Cleary and the lads kind of, I'd say wanted to set down on a settled fifteen. Um, the league, the division they're in, Division Two, was the most important division of all four, with the most at stake with, with qualifying for the Sam McGuire and that. Um, and I suppose John realised they, they probably survived by the skin of their teeth and beating Offaly last year. You don't want to be just surviving, you know what I mean? You want to be looking up and pushing on, pushing against the likes of Derry, Mead and, and Dublin, these lads. So, yeah, I think um, they've gone from their strongest team or what they see as their strongest team right from the start, you know what I mean? Um, like going back to the game the last day, um, Kevin O'Donovan was injured, you know what I mean? He's been injured, carrying an injury for a couple of weeks. That, that was probably enough force changed. Um, I'm not quite sure what Sean Meehan's story was, but like, not a major overhaul after maybe a disappointing second half against Mead, which is a good sign. And like there's fierce like the likes of guys maybe like Kyan or McSweeney, uh, and these guys who were taken off against Mead, it gives them great confidence and a great boost that look the lads say, Look, I know look, it didn't go well for patches of that game, but we're gonna stick with you. Like that's hugely important, like you know what I mean? And it seems to be with everyone, you know, um like and it just shows like Chris I thought Chris Old Jones was brilliant against um against me he really tried to take it to him and then he was taken off at halftime the last day for probably probably struggling a little bit for Carlo Mann who came on and, and scored 1-1 could have scored a second goal but uh, you know it'll be interesting to see if they stick with Chris the next day but there is kind of a settled it looks kind of settled even 21-22 you know what I mean the guys who are coming in um, and like even Mark Cronin from our own club was number 26 on the panel for the last two games so I'd say there's massive competition to get into that 26 and then furthermore to get into that, that 21 who are playing. So, yeah, as I, I said, they look like they want to hit the ground running and they won the McGrath Cup, showed they mean business, a bit of silverware and now kind of similar enough team for the last two games as well. So, yeah, um, no doubt going into the Dublin game in, in two weeks' time, maybe the strongest team possible, I reckon, that, it, that they'll go for again. This is going to be a huge game, uh, Sunday, February 19th, Cork, Dublin, Parky Cueve, bring the Dubs out of Cork Park down to the east side. It's going to be some occasion. How, how will Cork approach this? Obviously, the lads will have a bounce in their step after beating Kildare, but how will Cork go into this game and, and approach the Dubs, who are the favourites for Division 2? Yeah, I think I think very similar to the to the, to the, to the Kildare. Like, from speaking to the lads, they, they set up the same way against Mead as they did against Kildare, and 
I suppose it just didn't come to fruition against Kildare for Robbie, or for Mead for, for a number of reasons. So they'll have the same setup again. They'll have learned because it didn't go well against Mead and it went pretty well against Kildare, like where, where they need to come and to find that kind of uh, sweet spot in terms of their defensive setup. So I'd expect to see the lads in the half forward line again, filtering right back, uh, getting that shape and, and then uh, hoping that the the dubs like they don't even for a couple of easy goals and they've like Sakano Callum, I think Fenton has got two goals in the last two games. So there's a bit more firepower. Um, and to be fair, the Dubs won't give away the ball as cheaply as the likes of Kildare. They'll, they'll be happy enough to sit outside uh, and wait for that kind of 80% shot. So I think we'll see something similar from Cork. Um, again, I think they've increased fitness um, the last, since last year and they know of the ability to break at pace. And I think they did that against Kildare. They'll probably look to do that again. And I think a big facet of the Kildare game yesterday was um, they didn't give away cheap turnovers kind of around the half forward line when they were looking to attack. So they they look to they look to do that as well. And like Sherlock is is, is on fire. Um mm-hmm. and Brian Hurley was probably up there for man of the match yesterday. So um and and Powter as well back to form like the two of them were taken off against uh, Mead. So they need they need Powter and Brian flying and it's great to see them back 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 at it because they're their leaders really in the attack. Um, and then you've Cahill and pushing for a spot as well. So they have plenty of firepower. It's just them. Um, they look to keep it tight. Again, I think seven points against Kildare is an unbelievable target. You know what I mean? If you'd be hitting that in most games, you'd be you'd be you'd be very happy. So yeah, I'd say they'd be keeping it tight and looking to break his pace and hoping the likes of Sherlock and and Brian and and um Kalamani and Chris Oak can can uh, kind of work together and, and, and kind of combine for scores and and, and they'll they'll give it a good rattle. I mean, Kildare, Brian Hurley and Sean Potter, they were so impressive against against Kildare on Sunday. They had, I suppose, off-colour games for their high standards against Mead. But how important is it, Paul, that the likes of the Brian Hurley, Sean Potter, Ian Maguire, even Brian O'Driscoll kind of kicking three points against Kildare, that these older, more experienced lads really lead this team? Because, like we've touched on, there's so many young ones here, the Conor Corbett's, the Conor Mahoney's, yeah. the Colombo Catlins. You know, you have a lot of young fellas throughout that team. So it's so important. Like, you, like you, you know yourself from your time at Cork, that the older fellas set the standards and, and lead. Yeah. I think um, from the outside, anyway, it looks like they've all bought into John Cleary and Kevin Walsh and what they're about. You know what I mean? I think you mentioned Brian Ian and, and those older lads like the McGrath Cup was probably their first bit of silverware. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. look, they're at the stage, if they're buying into it and they see it's good and and that, like, and they're putting their shoulder to the wheel, the rest will follow. And I think a lot of the younger lads seem to be really good, genuine lads, hardworking, want to learn and seem to be open to everything. So I think the biggest thing is there seems to be buying from that older group, which is exactly what you want. You know what I mean? You want, you kind of want the older group kind of almost policing it for you, you know what I mean, from the manager's point of view. And they seem to be believing in, in what's happening and the younger guys seem to be really open to it. And, and there's uh, some of them seem to be thriving. Like, you know, the, as I said, the, the likes of Dan O'Malley, you know, and, uh, and Conor McCallan especially have really have really turned up uh, this year so far and followed that on in with the likes of Fahey and um, and Tommy Walsh the last day so yeah I think the biggest thing for me it looks like there's real it looks like a happy camp you know what I mean and it looks like there's buy-in from everyone and like that's that's a that's a massive thing to have you know what I mean um, and like as I said yeah yeah the leaders will, will and if they're playing well like what you, you do want Potter and Aguirre and hardly these lads playing well you know what I mean they're probably their marquee names and um, and if they're playing well, it kind of lifts the whole thing, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's it's really good to see. But as I said, from my point of view, I just think that it looks like a group that's bought into what's happening and, um, and like, a result against Kildare, like, that would really kind of amplify that, like, when they're coming down to see to see it come to fruition like that. 
Final question so far. We know Division Two is such an important division because you've that Cork Cup shadow in, in the background. The No County wants wants to be there. In fairness to Cork, like the the league is front loaded. Uh, Mead, Kildare, Dublin in, in in the first three games before then. I think it's is it with Clare, Derry, um, Loud, and Limerick. So two games in, but. What would you like to see for Cork for, for the rest of the league? Are we looking at pushing for promotion or would you would be happy just taking mid-table and keep building? Yeah, I, I suppose whenever you were playing, you'd always take it kind of, the league is divided up in sections. So you play two games and then a break. And then you kind of, the, the lads might have a night out or, or you know, you might go train with your club or whatever. And then you reset and go again. Uh, and this time now it's it's three games on the trot. Um, so like this is kind of where it makes or breaks really where you're going to be. You know what I mean? Like, so... Um, the important thing is that, as I said, like they just kind of stay consistent, a bit, bit of an even keel, and they just believe in what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like if they if they do, if they're beaten by the dubs the next day, um, but they stick to their kind of principles and values, they're in a good place in going forward until next week. But what you don't want is to be beaten, and some people throw the toys out of the pram with the way they're playing and so on. But I don't think they will. So I just you'd like to see that consistency. Um, as I said, they have three games in the next section. If they came up with four points out of six there, you know what I mean? I think they're in a pretty good position going to, to chase promotion, especially when they faced Derry in the last game of the league. So that's what I'd be hoping for, you know what I mean? Or, um, I, I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility they could get a result against the Dubs at home, especially if they play like the way they did the last day, you know what I mean? Good stuff. Great to finish on an optimistic note. Thanks for joining us, yeah. Paul. You're welcome. Thank you. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union. Funding dreams for over 50 years. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And Kieran, before we wrap up, we are, of course, going to preview this week's Southern Star Sports section. You've alluded to some of the features coming up, but what can readers expect when they open their newspaper on Thursday morning? As always, there's something for everyone. We have a really good interview with Melissa Duggan, the, the Dawnies footballer who who plays for Cork. She's a former all-star footballer as well. Um, I caught up with with Melissa just to chat about the, the season ahead for Cork. And we ended up talking about her three-month holiday or adventure in Asia, Jack, at the at the end of, of 20 at the end of last year so she just um herself and her sister michelle headed off to asia there was cambodia thailand for a month they did vietnam and a a, a, a motorbike drive along the east coast there there was Bali, cambodia it was just the adventure of a lifetime three months but it was just a reset that melissa needed she's been on the go for for a long time now she joined the cox senior panel in 2017 she was a pharmacy student up in up in Dublin so she was up and down midweek from Dublin to Cork for training sessions she was working as well part-time she was um, playing inter-county football and winning all-stars and become one of the top defenders in the country so it was a really good and really enjoyable chat with Melissa Duggan and that's what that's worth checking out Thursday's Southern Star for we also have a two-page special on the Carberry GEA Academy that's run every every year for 13 year olds from all the different clubs across the West Cork region are invited in football and hurling put through their paces from Paddy Crowley, James McCarthy and Charlie Wilson and so on and we had a graduation night a couple of weeks ago so we have a two-page special on that packed full of pictures really interesting read in Thursday's Southern Star is the bearer man Batty O'Neill who had to wait 56 years to receive his 1967 Cork 
cross country medal. And this is a, a great story by John Walsh. And that's that, that's worth reading in Thursday's Southern Star. And as well as that, we have the usual soccer, rugby, and um, just on soccer for a second, Beamish Cup had a, had a big weekend last weekend. Connecticut Soccer Club were knocked out. Green Rangers defeated the B team as expected. And we have all the, the news from that. And we also have news of a big sponsorship deal for Carberry Camogie, who've teamed up with an iconic local West Cork brand who are going to sponsor teams from under 13 right up to senior. So you have to check out Thursday Southern Star to see who that iconic local brand is. But just on that, it's great to see local businesses supporting um, local sporting teams or organisations like Carberry Camogie. So well done to all involved in that. So yeah, there's a hell of a lot involved and a lot to sink your teeth into after the first bank holiday of the year. Absolutely. And that will be available in shops across West Cork and further afield from Thursday morning. But if you can't make it to a shop for whatever reason, you can always subscribe online. Just go to www subscribe.southernstar.ie and read the Southern Star on your computer, tablet, or indeed your smartphone for less than two euro per week. Absolute bargain. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast and thanks as well to our producer, Dylan Mangan. If you enjoy these shows, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Slán Tamil.